0: government gets so tyrannical mm. it is it's not only the right of the people to mm. remove and replace but it's their duty yeah total. to remove and replace yeah <laughs> Mine aren't as good as yours. Yeah. I got I to gotta steal from Jim Carrey. from stuff that already exists. Yeah, hey, it's all good. So, what's he's? I mean, that's what we really should do. We should <laughs> go back to the Ace Ventura movies and uh, just say stuff from Ace Ventura.
1: Everyone wants a slinky, 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 go, go slinky, go, go, and welcome to the tank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Layers. No,
1: okay, I can literally go on I know that whole movie front to back So don't really don't get me started That's what
0: that. we really That would be a funny thing if, Just like for anybody Players, listening is on the plane. We <laughs> We We just do famous quotes from that's movies That's
1: actually a really good idea That's what we should do Yeah okay. We're, okay. we're next Nobody
0: week. steal that from yes, us
1: That's it <laughs> Bumblebee tuna Welcome to the day Yeah that's right
0: <laughs> Well, here we are. We are back in the tank. It's good to be back again this week. Episode number seven. Crazy. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Locked and loaded. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, We've got a couple interesting things to to talk about today in the tank. Um, There's been a lot going on, as it seems like there is every week. But I think this week I want to talk about something that a particular congresswoman said that, is fascinating to say the least and interesting. interesting I think is going to invite a lot of different opinions mm-hmm. um and then this is maybe a little overdue but uh over the last couple of weeks we've also seen just in the faith realm some some really cool stuff going on yeah. um and I think there's definitely some things to talk about there but for sure let's start with mtg
1: MTG. Who's Marjorie,
0: MTG? Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: Marjorie Taylor Greene.
0: The left's most hated <laughs> woman of the House of Representatives. They hate her, dude. Really? They can't I can't mean, stand her. Well, she, she loves Trump, and she went to Congress to drain the swamp. Yeah. And so if you're there looking to drain the swamp, Swamp oh, gonna yeah. bite. Oh, for sure. Swamp
1: don't like. Ugh. Gators bite back and uh-huh.
0: they bite back hard. Yeah, yeah. So she's uh she's swimming in the deep swamp. She definitely she was super canceled on Twitter. They hmm. had her canceled hardcore before Elon. Interesting. But he brought her back and sure enough, like she's gonna take advantage of it. She's gonna tweet for it up. For sure. She's got her freedom back, she's oh, got her yeah. voice back. She's been muzzled for her. She was taken off all these committees too. like that was another thing like in in the House of Representatives. You got all these different committees. She was like she pretty much didn't get to do
1: anything. And then I mean that alone just Republicans took back the House. Just just yeah, just that alone that where you're getting taken off of committees because of having a different opinion and because you're. You just have a different way of thinking like it's just I just I say that to say it, it may not sound crazy to us now because it happens all the time. But the fact that we are there, it, like we're so far, we've so far been there in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's really sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll also say this, too, as I'm getting slightly distracted by it. We're recording this from my living room <laughs> and my son is in the bedroom. He's 11 months. You're 11 months old and he's teething. So, if you hear him, he's he's okay, like nothing like terrible is happening to him. His teeth hurt. If I get lost in thought, it's cuz my son is screaming about his teeth being hurt. Right. Nevertheless,
1: we're here. We're Marjorie Taylor
0: Greene up on the Twitter sphere, she's back. She's yeah. back on the committees. She's doing her thing, and she throws out this tweet and she also, in conjunction with the tweet, posts a video from an interview that she had on Fox News. Mm. And I'm not going to go into like the quote of the, like the transcript of the interview, but what she proposes is what she calls a national divorce. Okay. Which you hear that and you're like, huh? I don't even really necessarily know what that means. But what she's proposing is that. If, if you're paying attention, if you're awake in America, not woke, but awake. Right. Yeah. You are observing the chasm between the right and the left continuing yeah. to grow wider and wider. Right. So much so mm-hmm. that we can't even come to... Like we're living in two completely different worlds of logic that we can't even have like good civil, civil, deb- civil discourse, right? because <clears throat> yeah. we can't even agree on what a, a freaking woman is. Totally. Right. Or that like if something's alive and has a heartbeat uh-huh. and it's in the human race, you shouldn't kill it. Yeah. Like really <sighs> basic or like if you have a different opinion than me, you should be able to say it like that is controversial <laughs> yeah. and sometimes like criminal.
1: Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, in Canada, Hate it's, speech. Already, it's definitely been criminal. been definitely been criminalized.
0: <laughs> so that's the world we're living in. Yeah. Very different than it was uh, a couple hundred years ago and even different than it was like a couple decades ago.
1: Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Way different. Way different. I mean, 10 years ago, honestly, yeah. the way that it has like, Really? It's like Trump
0: unlocked something like Trump becoming president. It, it exposed the deep state. It exposed the media. It exposed the left. Yeah. And now that they're exposed,
1: they're just like, all right, we're out. We might as well recap. Like we're just, let's just go for it. Totally. Yep. So what, so so now you said the national divorce. So is she, is she proposing? So here's what what she's proposing.
0: Here's what she's proposing. And, Maybe she could clarify this, but from what I've gathered, she's proposing that the national divorce essentially looks like a separation of red states, blue states. Hmm. Uh, Now, what I haven't heard yet is an explanation of just logistically and pragmatically how that would work. Right, right. Because that gets really complicated.
1: Oh, I mean, extremely. Yeah, my mind goes all sorts of different places.
0: Yeah, like what if you live in you're a, a yeah what God Constance fearing conservative totally. yeah. and you live in California, right? But they're a blue state and they get thrown on the blue side.
1: Yeah, do you like, have to move? What are you gonna do? Like, yeah,
0: you're gonna leave California and move, and you've been there forever. Or like, if you're. Uh, a Satan worshiper here Mm -hmm. in good old Tennessee and you want to, uh, to impose trans ideology and, and mutilate children and have drag shows for children and Mm -hmm. all that. And you live in this state. It's like, are you like everybody It would have to be, it would require what that's getting to is it would require a massive migration. Huge. Yeah, Yeah. And it would create, chaos yeah like tons
1: of chaos right so that would be completely that's where I I hear that my first thought is good (laughs) my first I was like great you know we can we can just get ahead of like I think she even said she kind of said this in the clip of talking about like the way that things are moving towards no one's proposing a civil war but it's moving towards that sure. of like these, you have this cas it's becoming very destructive, very chaotic. It's, it's, and it, it is violent. It's becoming violent in the uh, differences and the <clears throat> rhetoric and all the things that are being used uh, or, 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 or being, or happening, you know, and so no one wants that. So I, I, if I understand what she's she's kind of saying. Hey, let's not get there. Let's just go to the aftermath or the uh, the the results after the fact of the Civil War, and just let's just split up. But my mind goes, okay. Realistically, though, that I th- 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 it's it's such an interesting concept. But I I I think that it probably would create more problems than it would solve because now you have, I mean, just think about our. You know our uh, our enemies um, when it comes to other countries, they would love nothing more than to see our country split. They didn't have to do a thing, mm-hmm. and now we have killed ourselves. We've we've uh, ironed horse ourselves. Um, and how much easier would it be for a country to take over the United States if we've been divided?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't know if she's in Maybe she's elaborated on how she thinks this would work. I've heard that she's not necessarily saying that the uh, that we create two separate countries uh-huh. but that somehow we just divide and operate as still one, like we still have like our federal government, but it just gets really, really shrunk down, Mm -hmm. which, which I'm for. Yeah. 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 But the thing is then I'm like, well, is the national divorce necessary?
1: Well, yeah. Like then
0: that just sounds like the way that the Republic was always set to run, which is right. States have tons of power, tons of autonomy. Yeah. And if you cross the border from Texas to like you jet up to Colorado, Mm -hmm. go through a couple states there and you're in Colorado, it's like, you're going to feel like you're in two very different places.
1: But I mean, you said it, that's how it was intentionally designed to run. It's not really how it's being run now. So Correct. it actually may get us back to the way that our country was supposed to be set up or was set up to run. Right. You know? Yeah. So it could be a good, I mean that in that aspect, it could be a good thing. Yeah. I just, it's, it's a hard thing to conceptualize when you don't know all the details of like, cause that is a huge, that would be, That that would just, it would be so catastrophic. It would be Mm -hmm. such a catastrophic change. So it's like, is, is the, is the, um, the means worth the cost or is the cost worth the means, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: and then the other thing that is something to consider is that typically in a divorce, there's a a divide, there's some sort of settlement, there's this Party gets something right. and the other party gets something. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really want to like give up stuff. No, I'm saying
1: sign that prenup. Like,
0: we, yeah,
1: <laughs> right. We need though? to sign that right?
0: prenup because, like, <laughs> totally. we're. I'm yep. not. I'm not the one that's no. moving this thing down a crazy train. But here's the deal, like, though. I'm just saying, let's see, keep everything the same.
1: I just don't even see how. Honestly, dude, like, I don't see how. I just don't even say how that's conceivable without it actually being a full-on split because you're talking about capitalism versus communism. Essentially, you're talking that deep of like this. It changes literally everything. Mm -hmm. I don't. And what we know about the left is they they're never satisfied. They want more and more and more and more. And they're taking. Mm -hmm. They are coming after it. You Mm -hmm. know, which it's an evil ideology. I mean, so it's 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 it is um, evil at its core. Uh, so of course it's not, it's not going to stop. It's going to continue to out, uh, you know, smite or, um, wipe out all that is good and that all that creates order. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, it would, I mean, it seemingly would have to be a very hard split and I just don't see how you do that. Yeah. You know,
0: something else I've heard, from just different people saying, Oh, well, it would be unconstitutional. Like you, hmm. you, you take an oath to protect this country and protect the constitution, yada, yada, yada. So it would be to, to split it apart is inherently unconstitutional. And it, I, I, in fact, think that it's, it's the opposite. Hmm. Like in the, and I, I can't chapter and verse it, but, uh, f- I need a fact check on this, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that in our constitution or it's either in the declaration of independence or it's in the constitution. I can't remember, but they specifically, uh, the, the founders and, and, uh, those that authored our founding documents wrote in there that essentially this concept that, the people will tolerate so much tyranny. There, there's a level of tolerance to tyranny, oh,
1: sure. but eventually,
0: right. <clears throat> when the government gets so tyrannical, mm-hmm. it, it is—it's not only the right of the people to mm. remove and replace, but it's their duty. Yeah, totally to remove and replace. Yes. So there Woo. is in the authoring document or word. in the the founding documents. Right. There is. Room to have a conversation of sure has has the a really interesting point and the and the line that they draw yeah is repeated usurpations mm-hmm. of power or repeated offenses mm-hmm. so once again people will tolerate so much but when it's happening over and over and over again to where your government looks nothing like what it originally looked like it's not only your right to do Mm -hmm. something, it's your duty to do something.
1: Dude, that's man. That's so interesting. It makes me, it's kind of a weird, it's, it, it takes us down a really interesting and kind of, a. don't want to say scary, but like scary to talk about in the aspect of like, we're talking about some really talking about some, 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 uh, some, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, What's the word when you kind of turn on your country? What's that called? Treason. 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 Treason type acts. Yeah. Right. So it's just it's really quite interesting. I can't remember what ins- or what situation um, this this what, it was something that happened in Virginia a couple of years ago where the militia uh, there was a mo- local militia that overtook the I think it was Virginia. Do you remember this? Um, the a, a local militia w- was mobilized and they took over the house or, I don't remember this. or the, the local yeah it was something crazy where you're like oh my gosh this was like something I think was it the was the proud Virginia. boys
0: in DC the insurrection of January 6th
1: <laughs> oh that's what it was oh yeah <laughs> this
0: you don't remember the day of infamy <laughs> Infamy. yeah right the darkest day in American <laughs> history ever <laughs>
1: yeah it wasn't that <laughs> uh but it makes me I've thought actually A lot about this i have just never vocalized this (laughs) but it makes me wonder you know we are and it's so weird dude it's because we've grown up primarily you and i have grown up in a in a in a culture that was just brewing underneath where we didn't really need to even consider like gosh we would you know maybe we didn't wouldn't say oh we wouldn't go as far to say we trust the government fully or anything like that but man 10 years ago 15 years ago i was in a different place a completely different place about how i view my government sure <clears throat> still actually i'm probably more pa- of a patriot now than i was then and my trust in the government has gone down so well, i think is, everybody's probably has to some extent sure and i would hope because so. they've
0: exposed themselves totally
1: more. Totally. So my, my point being is now we're at this place where we are, like your point about that is constitutional to say, hey, no, we're not going to tolerate this. Like, this is not who we are. Um, it's it's a very interesting line to talk about. And so my mind, I guess the point I'm getting to is, um, you know, where the government had done such a good job, has done such a good job of re- overreaching, good job, quote unquote, of overreaching and controlling uh, the MSM and, uh, and also, you know, these <clears throat> social platforms, I mean, Twitter files, we know, right they're, mm-hmm. We guarantee they're doing this. I mean, we know they're doing the same thing with Facebook if oh, not yeah. more, yeah. well, especially now. Um, so it's, it's, it's just interesting to think about how would you, I'm just thinking of putting myself in the, in the, in the, in the seat of, you know, the evils that are behind different things in our government. How would you immobilize patriots? you would overtake all communication channels, mm-hmm. right? And so it just makes me wonder now that Twitter has been liberated, if that may not become a, you know, and I know there's truth social out there, but I'm just like, it just makes me wonder if you're going to start ha- seeing these hubs of communication, you know, from different militias across our nation. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I, I, spitballing here, but I just, sure. it's just, it's just interesting to think about.
0: Well, here's what's gonna always be the challenge, and this is why there's been starts of like these these ideas of a what's called a parallel economy. So there are certain like Google for instance, we are dependent upon Google. Yeah, Google owns the internet.
1: (sighs) Yes, for sure.
0: YouTube in a lot of ways, we are dependent upon YouTube. There's Google owns YouTube. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> right.
1: That just shows you how big Google is. Right.
0: So, but there's really like Vimeo does not compare to YouTube. They don't compete. Little 6-year-olds right, are not right, watching right. Vimeo. Right, right. Um so there there's these big large entities that are are bought by the left and they're part of this as we talked about last week this this private public partnerships. Right. So, in order to create a parallel economy, you need more Elon Musks to come in that are willing to just dump money to create something that is as as formidable, or or not even necessarily as formidable, but as as serviceable Mm -hmm. as the prior alternative. There needs to be another search engine that is just as effective as Google. Right. There needs to be other social media platforms that are just as entertaining as Facebook or Instagram. Right. There needs to be other, uh, retailers that are just as stinking fast at getting you what you want in the moment Mm -hmm. as Amazon.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: There needs to be another version of Hollywood that isn't woke, but just as entertaining.
1: Right. So there's
0: all of these parallel, Opportunities (laughs) Opportunities sure. <laughs> for the economy. Right. But it's so stinking hard. Right. Like the barrier to entry is so high. Mm-hmm. But if that was able mm-hmm. to happen, you could simulate a version of a national divor- a divorce. Mm-hmm. You could simulate that separation in such a way because then all of a sudden you've got states that say this entity can. Operate here, but this one can't mm. or n- hmm. not necessarily doing that type of dis- that delineation, but saying in order to operate here, you have to do these. Right. Types right, of things. right. Right. In order to be a bank here, you cannot uh, be involved with ESG. Yeah. In
1: order to. So, okay. So I have a question on that. So because yeah. right before that was actually going to be my question, how is that any different than than instituting ESG? Like, so for the for playing Della's advocate, if someone on the other side is saying you hate ESG so much, you're doing the exact same thing by by saying, hey, you, if you want to operate in this state, you have to abide by these guidelines. Well, that's the whole point, is that each
0: state and the people of the state that vote for their leaders that make the laws in the state. Each state has the right to ruin itself as much as it wants to, <laughs>
1: right.
0: Or to not. Yeah. So the, the where it becomes a problem is when you have these entities that the entire nation depends upon. Sure. And uh and I guess we're no talking to what about think, coming down to so constitutional like ESG, values. If yeah, if a bank not, in California wants yeah. to live off ESG, great, let them live off ESG. Right. Yeah, People that see ESG as a problem yeah. aren't gonna yeah. use that bank. Right, right, right. They're not going to do business right. in California where a state like Tennessee or Florida or where yeah. some of these states that are starting to outlaw ESG because mm-hmm. they see how dangerous right. it is. And yes. the people that live there see how dangerous it is. If you're a bank and you can't, uh, I guess, operate under the, the scoring system of ESG, if you can't do that in these states, then either you're going to choose to do business in the states by their rule or you're not going to do business. there. Sure. So it's a sense of it almost, it creates this like homogenous effect where we all think the same here in Tennessee and our businesses are going to embody the same values as, as we do. And in California, they could be totally different or in Colorado or Minnesota or New York, they could be totally different. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think it, I think it I think it does come down to the fact that <clears throat> things like ESG concepts, ideologies like ESG, are trying to infiltrate in a vehicle of quote unquote good or a mask of good, but underneath it is something evil that is wanting to tear down what our country was built upon, right? And so, in this aspect, we are talking about, you know, if that was to happen, a national divorce, the segregation of sorts. And we were to say, hey, no, like the Constitution is good. <laughs> it protects and, and gives people the ability to pursue life, liberty, and the, and the pursuit of happiness. And um, that's what we're going to protect. And so, so I guess in my mind, I'm answering my own question, the aspect of it's not saying, Hey, this or that it's saying, Hey, we are this. And so if you're that, you cannot be he- that here. Yeah. <laughs> that is it, bringing, bringing that in is actually, um, dissolving and deteriorating what we have established mm-hmm. and what is established is good and is for the good of people.
0: Right. Yeah. I think there's really, in my mind, there's two, there's, so it's like, how do we move forward as a country and we don't compromise our values as as God fearing, faith loving, country loving, mm-hmm. freedom loving <clears throat> individuals. Yeah. Uh how how do we coexist as a nation? It could be either this idea of a national divorce, but I, I really don't think it has to be that like we don't have to all hammer the gavel yeah, and say, Okay, Tennessee's guy. red. Right, right, right. Kentucky's blue. Right. Like we don't have to do that. I think that through the means of that parallel economy, if that was able to take place, then it would naturally hmm. purify itself over time because you've got like, let's face it, <clears throat> California right now is facing migration issues. Like people oh, are dude.
1: fleeing. That's actually a really good point. The it's already happening. right? So yeah. the
0: parallel economy hmm. only heightens the differences. And it creates opportunity for more prosperity yeah. in these states that want that parallel economy. Yeah. So people that are in the other states, if they're sick and tired of it, they're going to, they are going to leave. Right. It's, and happening gonna all, move. And it's
1: happening more than California. It's happening all over the place. Yeah. Like, New York. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's anywhere in really Pacific Northwest or yeah. the, Oh yeah. For northeast. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It, uh, <clears throat> kind of, I'm having flashbacks to like grade school when you're learning about what is capitalism and then you learning about these monopoly monopolies and it was like, I, you know, Oh, monopoly, that's a game I play with my, with my folks. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, a different monopoly. <laughs> and then you learn, you're like, Oh wow, that a monopoly is really great for the person who owns that, but sucks for everyone else. Cause they're kind of forced into using that thing. It's yeah. like, you're kind of seeing this, um, on a, I would say on a S on a super large, when you really think about it, it's a super large scale. That's, it's it's really, this is really above my pay grade, but kind of when we're talking about these things on the internet, search engines, uh, media, social media platforms, uh, you know, where you go to consume, you know, video content, there's a lot of monopolies mm. when it comes to the, the world wide web. Yeah. You know, and then it, it, it's, I mean, there are, of course, other, like, whatever, you know, uh, there are other, um, options like bing.com, but who uses Bing? Like oh, to be honest, you Bing know what I'm saying? Bing sucks, bro. Bing sucks. So I don't know. I just think that's an interesting, it just is making me think about that. Like, uh, uh, how would, what would you even call that? I guess like, um, tech, technological monopolies of some, or tech, yeah. tech monopolies, you know, it's like, it's a, that is a real thing. And yeah. that creates a really scary reality Yeah, when there are so many that are as powerful as they are for sure. I don't know yeah. any monopoly that's as powerful as Google. Period. Yeah, there's not many. The and, and that's where those public part private
0: partnership alliances are. are just, oh. they're devastating. They're really <clears throat> totally. really bad. Yeah. So yeah, the parallel econ- economy that's one way yeah. that uh, that I think could be a a opportunity for coexistence. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but really the other is our nation just catches a, a wind of repentance mm. and we come to our senses yeah. as, as a collective whole yeah, and say enough is enough, no more. And we finally turn yeah. back to God where mm. it all began. And, and that, kind of brings me to like the next thing that I think is, is something that's good to talk about. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it for sure. Uh, so I think it's over now. I think they've kind of ended it, but, uh, the Asbury revival has been going on over the last couple weeks, Mm -hmm. a few weeks, even maybe, uh, and I'm not sure where is it? It's just a little small town college in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what what do you know about it? How did this come yeah. about? What are your thoughts? Sure. Is revival breaking out across the country? Are mm-hmm. we about to see a, a wide uh, wave of repentance take place?
1: Let me hear your thoughts. <laughs> oh, those are some big questions. Um, well, I'll start with what I know. Um, so, yeah, it, the Asbury College revival um, started really organically as uh, revivals tend to <laughs> happen or at least start. <clears throat> so it was just a, from what I understand, just a regular chapel service at the college. Um, one of the uh, professors I believe was was preaching and um, there was a altar call of some sort and students just started responding. They started coming up and repenting of sin and rededicating their lives and then more started and more worship happened and then more would respond and then they realized something's, something's happening here. Mm -hmm. And so they, and I'll say this, and let's just think, let's just talk about this in a, in our, (laughs) as it relates to our culture of church service uh, today. Um, Something happened, they recognized it and they made space for it. They made space for the Holy spirit to move. Mm -hmm. They put their schedule on hold and said, God's doing something, Yeah. And we're we're gonna we're gonna surrender to that. Not not only surrender to it, we're gonna actually get out of the way and let him do what he needs to do, what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Just saying, that doesn't happen in our church culture very often. Yeah, I mean, we we got to get to we got to get to Sunday afternoon the lunch. Program. No. Anyway, I'll keep it about Asbury. So yeah, so they <laughs> they they made space, and I think it was like eighteen days of 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 a uh, of, uh, church quote unquote church service, whatever worshiping God, people coming in from all over and, um, worshiping together and repenting and rededicating and all of that. So that's, uh, that's what, what had happened. Um, a, a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions on it. Not necessarily from me. I'm just saying there were a lot that were, that were said and posted on Facebook. I mean, it was really interesting to see uh, it was just really interesting to see how many people had an opinion about it. That was, that were skeptical in the church who were skeptical of, of this, uh, who were quick to say, well, hold on, you know, like, we'll just, we'll wait and see, or, or that's not a revival revival because revivals happen like this. Revivals yeah. happen like this, which anytime someone says, well, that's not God because God does this, I go, oh, so you're God. <laughs> Sure. You know, like who who are we now? Of course, like there's things where it's like if if Jesus isn't worshipped, and, and of course, then that's not God. But mm-hmm. like you also you c- cannot put God in your box. We know that. So, um, why do you think people do that? Put them in their box. Well, or why, just why like that? Yeah, why are people
0: skeptical? Why? Because uh, yeah. oftentimes, I think the skeptics are like Christians.
1: Oh, I would say so most of the time they are.
0: Yeah. Why is there like this
1: need for yeah. our
0: own team to like? I think. Um,
1: itself. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, again, uh, it's just my opinion. I think. I I I hate to say it because it burns me to say it, but I think there are a lot of, quote unquote, Christians in our nation who don't really know Jesus and i think that they're living with uh they're living in a in a religious spirit. They may believe in Jesus, but i don't know if they follow him. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Oh yeah. And so if you just believe in Jesus and you're not following him, well, then he fits in your box. He fits in your culture box, what you understand from a from a as an american, what you understand <clears throat> in your denomination. That's how God operates. He cannot operate outside of it. I know more than he does. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: You apply him to you start to apply him to your compartments mm -hmm. rather than letting your apartments be compartments be applied to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So totally it's like instead of filtering like my Jesus does not need to uh, be a filter placed on top of my politics. My politics and what I think about politics needs to flow out of. That's right the, the
1: well of right. my biblical worldview. Right. And
0: same thing with parenting, entertainment, Absolutely. work,
1: all of that. Yeah. We talk about that. Right. And, uh, when we, when we, and some of you guys may have, have heard this before, but it's like how, like we read scripture, how we study it. It's, we, we should read it exegetically, not eisegetically. Right. And the difference of that, of I'm letting the scripture speak into me. I'm not, I'm not reading myself onto the scripture mm-hmm. and, and letting my opinions control what i'm taking away from god's holy word right. i'm letting him shape me yeah and so that's the same way yeah it's the same way we need to live our lives so uh yeah i think that's i think another reason jealousy sure i think there's a lot of people uh, a lot of pastors who like wow well, why isn't that happening here i they may not they may not consciously that may be total subconscious and i think the other one is fear mm-hmm. i think it's a fear i think people have been and really that just comes down to control and lack of surrender. You know, I've contr- I'm controlling my life. I'm living within the boundaries. I'm living within the box again that I want to live in. And so I haven't fully surrendered. I haven't really like said, okay, God, maybe I've said it, but really my heart, not whatever you want to do, God, mm-hmm. just what I'm comfortable with. Right. So anything that is uncomfortable, therefore is not God. Right. When, it, where is that biblical? Yeah. I mean, do we, can we read through any, any story? Mm-hmm. Any story in the Old Testament or New Testament and guaranteed there were uncomfortable things or un, uh, uh like non, what's the word I'm looking for? Unconventional things that God asked people to do that sure. were totally him. Right. Yeah. So I think there's, I think there's a bunch of reasons why people had some backlash on it. And I, and I, I guess my question is like to those people, why is that your knee jerk reaction? At the end of the day, do, do I, do I get what, I get it, right? I understand to a certain extent what kind of what people were saying is like, well, there needs to be fruit that follows, you know, there needs to be, which we're seeing people repent. We're seeing people rededicate their lives. That's fruit enough to me. But mm-hmm. anytime that Jesus is worshiped as Lord, Savior, King, and people are uh, like putting him on the pedestal <laughs> above exalting him, why are we not quick to just be happy about that? Yeah, so like, that's not
0: a bad thing. And we even, don't control the fruit
1: anyway. The yeah. Holy Spirit is the one who's going to, he convicts, and he'll work all that stuff out on the other side. It reminds me a lot, and it really pissed me off, to be honest. When, now I know, listen, I know Kanye has gone kind of sideways in recent and whatever. I know he's got m- some mental health stuff and all that type of stuff. But when he came out with that album, Jesus is King, and he's making waves of what he's talking about. I mean, he's proclaiming the freaking gospel. And we have people who are coming against him and saying, well, we'll just wait and see. I don't care. Even if he does have ulterior motives, he is saying Jesus is King. He's God's going to use it. Mm-hmm. And if, and I can't, I can't judge just as I can't judge somebody who's go, who's going to hell or whatever. Like I can't judge on the other side either. I can't judge either way. It's not my place. Yeah. I'm not called to judge that I am called to judge the fruit. And right now the fruit, he is exalting Jesus Christ as King and savior over his life. And he's doing it in in a, in a way that is in the heart of Hollywood who needs it the most. Yeah. I'm off that in my, I'm, you know what I'm going to err on the side of Kanye is my brother. And if he's not, that's up to God. Yeah. But I'm going to err on the side of, if you're saying Jesus is King and you're exalting him over your life and you're saying you need a savior and Jesus is that savior for you. Hey bro, I'm going to support you. Let's go. Come on. That's awesome. And if it turns out that he's being, you know, uh, dinkus and he's doing it for his own <laughs> self, then, well, that's between him and the Lord, yeah. but that doesn't discount any of what he did before anyway. And that God didn't use it to expand his kingdom. Sure. So <clears throat> I just don't know why we aren't quick to, um, to be like, yes, Lord more and mm-hmm. ask for more, you know? Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I will also say this is that, uh, this is just an interesting thing I learned, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, my, uh, our friend Zach told me about this. I believe it was Zach. Maybe actually maybe someone else. Anyway, doesn't matter. A couple years ago, uh, Dr. Michael Brown. Um, he is awesome. I love Dr. Michael Brown. Definitely recommend to follow, um, on Facebook or whatever, but, uh, he is a very learned, uh, uh, man and, uh, of, of scripture and he knows, Hebrew, and he's like, he got sa- radically saved out of the Jesus movement, I believe, um, and has been like a just, I mean, a radical transformation and has been just, <laughs> I mean, passionate about Jesus ever since. Yeah. He's awesome. He's super smart. Um, and I don't think it was his, I don't think the Lord gave him this prophecy. If I remember correctly, I think it was somebody that he, he just reported on it. Mm-hmm. But there was a prophecy that came out right at the end of 2019 or right at the beginning of 2020, somewhere around there. Um, that when the uh, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, massive revival will start in the nation. Hmm. Um, and what was interesting is that year, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And what happened right after? COVID broke out. Hmm. And people came after that prophecy and were like, this is false. This is a false prof- prophet that you, like, you know, let on or that you yeah, whatever you regurgitated. And he said, well, hold on. basically like, okay, like, hold on. (laughs) We're not on God's timeline. So we're just going to, just like anything, you test it and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like if if you, but we didn't got to put a stamp of anything on it. Yeah. Well, fast forward a few years later, and I will say even at that point, there were massive spikes in uh online like uh, there i forget what church it was but there was a church uh in um and this happened all over the nation but there was one specific church i can't remember it's a big church they typically had seventy-five thousand online visitors and it mm-hmm. spiked to half a million hmm. as soon as COVID started so you have all these people flocking because they're just trapped in their homes you have people who are just freaking out the world's ending and they're they're turning to church right so you have yeah. these massive spikes in online online traffic but nonetheless, even if that wasn't the case, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year and the same weekend, Asbury starts. Yeah, that's funny. Hmm. I'm just saying, it's just interesting, <laughs> man. Again, it's like you always have to test these things. But now we're seeing over 20 different, I believe 20 different college campuses you're having these revival outbreaks. They're mm-hmm. having Texas A&M, Baylor. Like it's happening, these, these groups are are gathering at these different college campuses across our nation and there's an outpouring that's happening. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this last thing and then I want to hear your thoughts. Um, and this actually did come from our friend Zach, but, um, uh, again, I just put this out here. This is, I'm just kind of saying, this is what I heard. Um, this was another prophecy. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know who this came from, but <clears throat> he was saying that, um, this person was just sharing that the Lord gave them, uh, this, this, uh, vision of Jesus begging God, the father saying, Lord, just one more time, one more time, pour your spirit out on America and just begging the father to do it. And he said, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in pockets. This is before Asbury happened. He's like, I'm going to do it in pocket so it's not, it doesn't look as flashy as it has in the past. And we're going to see how America responds to it. And that's just a sobering thought. Who said that? Who uh, brought that? I, I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'll have to, I'll have to get it and put it in the, in the notes. I don't know. Zach just told me about it the okay. other day. Yeah. Um. And so again, if it's not true, that's fine. But let's just propose it, suppose that it is. It's a sobering thought to think, okay, like, and nonetheless, we should always take God, God's outpouring very seriously and respond when he's moving. And I think it's safe to say he's moving. And this is things that we've been praying for. That's the thing that gets all over me. I'm so sorry. I'm ranting a a little bit right now, but (laughs) it gets all over me that, um, we, we have, how long have we prayed for revival in this nation and how dark Uh it's gotten? Oh Lord, move. Oh Lord, move. And our knee jerk reaction is to say, well, that's not God or what I, I, it's, I just, I, that to me is so mind blowing. I'm going to stop now. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no,
0: that's good. Uh, yeah. So uh, there I have a lot of thoughts and, and I mean, admittedly this is something that, uh, when it, when it comes to spiritual skepticism, mm mm-hmm. I have to fight like I, it is a natural instinct for me to go there. Sure. And I don't know if it's because, well, I, I think a portion of it is because I have watched emotionalism. Yes. Take root in the church. Sure. And Absolutely. it produces yeah. a, a non genuine faith. Right which is really bad. Like if you oh, yeah, think sure. the, the only thing worse than not being safe is you think you're safe and you're not safe. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. It's, it's one thing to not be safe and know it. It's another thing to think yeah. that you've got a parachute in your backpack. You jump out of the plane and don't realize, wait, I don't actually have a parachute in this backpack. Totally. It's just an empty backpack. So, uh, I, th- I think that's something that always feeds into, uh, any sort of skepticism that I might have about anything. Uh, but what, what I can say is it's like for, for me, the way that I've personally felt about the whole Asbury situation or, or any other uh, quote unquote revival um, that might be taking place, which, which I think maybe we could even talk about utilizing the word revival and what that means. Mm. But these, these pockets of repentance Uh, or these areas or moments of repentance. It's like my take on it is great. Like if people want to repent, like repent all day long, like that's that there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, that's a good thing to do. That's biblical. It's like, that was Jesus entire ministry, right? John and Jesus, John the Baptist and Jesus, both of them. It was just repent, repent, repent. Right. And then the apostles preached the same gospel. And if they didn't, Paul said that they should be a curse. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, it's like repentance that checks out. But I guess I always find myself going back to the scriptures and saying fairly rigidly does this, uh-huh. does this line up with the scriptures? Sure. And if it doesn't, yeah. then I'm probably not going to put a whole lot of stock. Oh, in it. absolutely. For sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely, there are, I think it's a good thing. I think people that are like, well, let's see the fruit that comes out of it. It's like, yeah, I want fruit to come out of it. Like mm-hmm. I want all of those kids to genuinely sure. be changed and follow Christ. But, um, it's like, I I guess my thought on it is it's better that it's just, that's better that that's happening then no whiff of repentance at all. Totally. So
1: like what I would say is that too, is even that just thinking about that, it's like, uh, that's like saying, Oh, uh, to the, whoever said that, I'd be like, how would you want the church to respond when you, when you accepted Jesus? Would you be like, well, let's just wait to see what they do until their deathbed. Let's let's wait to see what the whole rest of their life looks like. Or do you want people to, yes, you just made the best decision of your entire existence. Like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. Like, yeah.
0: Like so, who says
1: that in that context yeah it's like so it doesn't the, make
0: sense so <laughs> although it might be imperfect or flawed um, I guess the desire for repentance is is better than no desire for repentance at yeah, all Yeah, for sure every single time yeah so uh that that's one thing I guess that I think about it um I think something though that that I that we saw kind of after the initial mm-hmm. um Days of the repentance that was going on is now people started like traveling mm-hmm. to go yeah yeah a like, lot of people and I'll be honest like my like antennas kind of went up sure because I think what what that felt a little bit like and I, it's like I I have to avoid like placing judgment on people not knowing why or what they're doing like sure. there's there's nothing wrong with wanting to like, there's a reason that people take pilgrimages to Israel. There's a reason that I'm like dying to go to Israel. I would love, that's a bucket list thing for me to go to Israel. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And it's not because the spirit of God is only the most potent Mm -hmm. in Israel. And I can't have access to him here in Fairview, Tennessee. That's, that's not it. But there's just so much history in Israel. There's so much right. uh, like connection yeah, to a little the, yeah. the Jesus beginning of literally locked. Yeah. He was literally there. <laughs> yeah. So, so I get that, I guess. And I yeah. get it. If people are going to Asbury or going to that place a couple years ago and in Dalton, Georgia, I think is where it was, where the Bible kept on, uh yeah that was like actually emitting oil turned out to be no.
1: was it was that fake yes was that fake news yeah see okay so that doesn't help me because i'm like Ugh. i know i know the pretty sure that out. turned out that was i'm yeah anyway, was it okay pretty sure i, I don't know i but, know i know yeah that that's a sad one because anyway yeah different thing proves the yeah. point
0: so yep. uh yeah i guess it's okay to want to go and want to experience it want to see it but i think there's also just a reality that the american church so much of it is driven off of this kind of hysterical emotional certainly like not sober mm-hmm. um just just it's emotionalism. mysticism yeah. emotionalism yeah, yeah. and it, it makes me like kind of my 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 skin crawls a little bit when i see it because it makes me sure. think back to when jesus uh went to the, the city I can't remember if it was Capernaum or if it was Galilee or something, I, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Uh, but he told him, he said, you're a, a wicked and adulterous generation because you seek right. a sign rather than em- yes. embracing me as the Messiah. Right. And, uh, so I, I guess I've always just taken that scripture and the meaning of that scripture to heart to say, look, it's like signs and wonders, do they happen? Absolutely. Are they awesome? Yeah. Right. But I I just do not want to be the wicked and adulterous generation looking for a sign mm. and missing the Messiah. Mm. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's like, wh- what do I think about, like, do I think that that could be part mm. of what was going on after the fact? Sure. Am I, like, up there picketing and, and protesting and saying, don't come here because you're right, a wicked right, adulterous right. generation looking for a sign? No. No. <laughs> but I guess what it really boils down to and what really matters out of this is okay, great. The revival is happening. The repentance is happening. The repentance is happening at different pockets across the nation. Maybe, um, then what, right. (laughs) Then what happens? Because to me, it's not really much different than when you're a kid in middle school or high school and you go on some like, go to the beach for a week with your church and go to church camp and get saved. And then you come home and you go back to normal life right. and everything kind of like falls apart mm-hmm. and you feel like what you experienced at the beach wasn't genuine. Right. Cause, cause it wasn't cause it had no roots. So, uh, what happens next? Like, well, what happens after mm-hmm. these moments of repentance? I think,
1: really matter it does it's really matter. important it all matters you know it's like it does for sure and it's worth talking about and asking about I don't I I. I think that they need to be compartmentalized though right it's like they all go together right so this, this This. what happens after doesn't happen without this happening first but at the same time sure. this inherently and I'm not saying you're saying this but I'm saying we need to just be great with this and praise this and be so happy that yeah. people are worshiping Jesus and repenting yeah Great. Yes. And the Bible tells us what to do next. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Discipleship. Like these, these kids, these people need to be discipled. They need to be shown how to, okay, great. You believe in Jesus. Amazing. That's not where the gospel ends. Right. The gospel is really predicated on being a follower of Jesus. If you're a believer, you need to follow him. Yeah. Pick up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. Like I will show you how to be fishers of men. Like, now we have to teach people how to actually follow Jesus in their life and to you to what does it mean to pick up your cross what does it mean to be a fisher of men what is it what how do I actually go into all the nations proclaiming the word and baptizing people and what does that look like what is the Judea Samaria and the ends of the earth that God's calling me to Mm -hmm. and how do I show up in those places yeah that's what needs to happen. That's what hasn't happened in this nation for right. decades. Right. And that's yeah. why we have a nation full of believers not not doing anything right. for the kingdom, right? Yeah. And then I would say, are and then that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a, I don't, I don't I'm not even pretend to play that, that, that I know that. It's like, then are those believers actually saved? Sure. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah. You know, it gets hairy there. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think the pilgrimage thing um it's an interesting thing to talk about because like i was i was like man it'd be really cool to go there it'd be really cool to like check it out and see what's going on um and there is a really fine line because it and i this may be the same story in scripture but i always part of scripture always st- stood out to me is when jesus was on his earthly ministry and he was <clears throat> going from town to town, performing miracles and all that stuff, he said that there were people following him that essentially were following him because of the signs and mm-hmm. miracles and it set in one of the gospels it says that jesus did not entrust entrust himself to those people, mm-hmm. and that always i mean it was i mean it was one of those things that just like jumped off the page to me. the Holy Spirit just like burned into my heart where I was like, wow, like jesus didn't entrust himself' To the people who were following him, to those people who were following yeah. because they weren't following he, him. Well,
0: because he knew what was in the heart of man. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they weren't so,
1: following him. They were following the signs yeah. to, to your point, you mm-hmm. know? So again, I don't know if that's the same and just a different gospel, but, um, so there is a really fine line there of, um, of, I, it's an idolatry, right? Really? I mean, you're idolizing what Jesus does. You're not, you're not worshiping him. You're worshiping the things that he does. Yeah. What a scary, yeah. scary Mm -hmm. religion (laughs) to find yourself in, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing, and, and we'll probably wrap up with this because we're, we're pushing that time, but the, the thing that I also look at what's going on at Asbury and say, like, that's awesome. What's going on with these other college campuses or wherever else the repentance is taking place. Like that's amazing. That's great. But I, when people are trying to travel there to go repent, <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah, uh, sure. you can do that right here.
1: Totally. Totally. Yes.
0: So there's, yeah. there's part of me that just says, no, like don't think that you have to go somewhere to experience repentance and to, to undergo yeah. repentance. Yeah. It's like, God is telling you to do that right here, right now. I, th- so what do we, what do we need to do? Like, it's clear that, Our nation needs repentance. The American church needs repentance. The world needs repentance. Mm -hmm. So, like, it just, if it starts in the churches and it starts in our little church, like, what is needed for true life-altering repentance to take place right here? Not that I have to go somewhere else. Like, what has to happen for it to take place right here, right now?
1: What has happened in your opinion? Like are you saying if like are you talking about like me if I if I needed to repent and like are you Yeah, just pres- like we, prescription? we have
0: Yeah, so like what <clears throat> yeah, what is going to our our country needs repentance. yeah Our church needs repentance. How does that happen? How did it cause Asbury it seems and a lot of times these other places where this mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens, it seems like lightning in a bottle. It's like, oh, what yeah. was their magic formula? Right. What, oh, yeah, what yeah. keys did yeah. they play on the piano yeah, or well, sure. what words did that
1: yeah. guy say to make this happen? Yeah. That's
0: not what it is at all.
1: Yeah, well, we need the Holy Spirit to move. I mean, first and foremost, it's not. it has nothing to do with me and what I'm doing. God uses the base things of the world to confound the the wise. Mm. Like, that's how he works. It's upside down. Sure. His kingdom is upside down to ours. So he will use um, the least of these to minister to kings and queens, and so um, it's all dependent upon the move of the Holy Spirit. We just have to make ourselves available and cl- and I believe clean our own cup. J- if Jesus what looks at our cl- uh, looks at our cup and what's inside of it is dirty, He will pass by. Like I have to, rep- I do have to make room for Him, and I have to say repent. I do have to live in repentance of in the sense of like he's not going to fill up a dirty cup is my point, right? So it's like, I have to do the, I have to make myself clean, clean myself in the aspect of saying, Lord, I, my life is yours. Like everything, what I'm doing here, here and here is not in accordance to your will for my life. And I turn away from that. Mm. And in doing that, he will turn. That's the prescription in our turn. He turns right to quote pastor Steve Berger. I don't know if he got that from somebody else, but he (laughs) says that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what the prescription is. I mean, he's given it to us, right? Um, if you will humble yourselves, uh, seek my face, p- pray, and turn from your wicked ways, like I'll heal your land. Yeah. So that's 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 a prescription. I will say, I just one caveat, I think, is that you don't have to go unless Jesus tells you to go. And if he does tell you to go, I just think, and I know this is pre-Jesus in scripture, but I just think of like Abraham going to the place of worship to bring his sacrifice, sure. right? That's before Jesus. But I'm just throwing out in the in the ah uh, in the, because again I'm not God. I'm just so I always try to leave a little bit of a like. Well, could God say? Could God bring a mass people to a thing to make talk about this around the nation and for somebody for somebody else yeah, sure. to say? Gosh, there were thousands of people who came to this place. I'm not, I'm not proposing that he did that to everybody. I'm not proposing that the, that the, there are weren't people who came for the signs and wonders. I could probably about guarantee there were people who came for that too. Yeah. Right. So, um, I'm just leaving a sliver of like, God could say, Hey, like I have something for you here. Sure. Um, and so that's probably a small percentage, but I'll, I'll leave room for that. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I,
0: I think that makes sense. And, um, Yeah, I think that if, at the end of the day, like the bottom line,
1: if you're looking around at your nation and you don't like what you see, repent. Yeah, it starts with you. And I think that's what you're getting at. Revival starts with you first. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start with, it doesn't start with even the person next to you. Mm -hmm. It starts with you in your circle.